You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Foundation Radio is brought to you by 10th Ward Barbershop. Serving the historic 10th Ward in downtown Lawrenceville, 10th Ward Barbershop is a full-service barbershop offering quality haircuts, beard trims, and hot shaves. Adam gets his hair and beard trimmed by the owner of the shop, Ryan Kane, and he loves the laser point precision cuts and lineup he provides to him and countless other satisfied customers. But you don't have to take Adam's word for it. WWE superstars Corey Graves and the fiend Bray Wyatt frequent 10th Ward for all their hair and beard trimming needs. Right now, all all cuts and trims are by appointment only. So head over to their website at 10thwardbarbershop.com and book your appointment now with Kane, Jordan, and the rest of the team at 10th Ward Barbershop. That's 10thwardbarbershop.com. And we thank them for supporting the podcast. Foundation Radio is brought to you by The Dugout. The Dugout provides custom quality apparel at an affordable price. Modern style mixed with classic designs, you'll find retro t-shirts brought into the 21st century. Adam has several of his favorite t-shirts in rotation from the team at The Dugout, including customized Dudley Boys, Prince in the Revolution, and the Notorious B.I.G. t-shirts. Right now, if you purchase your items through their Etsy site and use promo code FOUNDATION, you'll receive 15% off your entire order. That's right, 15% off your entire order. Follow them on Instagram at The Dugout Brand. Follow the link on their Etsy shop and use your promo code FOUNDATION for 15% off your entire order. The Dugout, custom quality apparel at an affordable price. Douglas, welcome finally to Foundation Radio, sir. How are you today? It looks absolutely fucking gorgeous where you're at. I'm doing great. Um, it's pretty gloomy, but I mean, the palm tree makes up for it, but you might hear it later. It's rumbling in the background, so I don't know. Hopefully, we don't get rained down. We might have to run inside, but hopefully not. <laughs> hey, it'll make <laughs> That's South com- Florida for you. It'll make compelling uh, podcasting here. So thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. I got to give a quick shout out to- uh, Thanks for having me. Got to give a quick shout out to our friend Duke Bennett uh, for setting us up with this on Duke Loves Wrestling. Go ahead and give him a follow and a listen at some of the best uh, podcasting out there right now. So initially, like we were going to start talking wrestling a little bit, but I, I really you told me this sort of wild story about life, where it took you kind of sort of after the pandemic. So why don't you why don't we just start there and kind of go forward from the very beginning? So tell me more about like. Zach Efron and, and watching Netflix during the pandemic and how what happened then like tell me a little bit more about that yeah it's it's really a, it's crazy chain of events um so we were we were rolling along pretty well in WWN we were having our our, our bi-weekly 
TV shows, which we called them. So, which was, you know, building storylines up to our pay-per-views. So we were having, you know, a lot of shows and we were on a roll there for quite a while. And then kind of got another spike as, you know, everyone did and had to shut things down until further notice. So, you know, it was looking like uh, for the time being, at least we were going to be not, not running shows and wrestling was going to be out of the picture for a little while. So, you know, um, I'm sitting there one night on the, on the couch watching uh, Netflix and I'm just looking, I like to watch documentaries and stuff, a lot of like nature things. Like I'm a big nature guy. And um, so I'm going through and I saw this one, it was called down to earth and it was uh, Zach Efron and Dan O'Lean and they went all around the world and they were going to different countries where people were doing uh really good things for the environment whether it was i think the one in france was all about their uh their water they have the cleanest water in the world um so anyway one of these episodes was in costa rica which is a place i've actually always wanted to go like for a long time but um so they highlighted in this episode they highlighted uh, a place called the jaguar rescue center and it was in it's in Puerto Viejo, um, Limon, Costa Rica, and it's um, in the Southern Caribbean, so pretty much, pretty much straight down from Florida, from where I'm at. And uh, that what they do there is they rehabilitate uh, wildlife uh, over there. They get a lot of uh, sloths, a lot of holler monkeys, amongst other things. But those two uh, mostly get brought in almost on a daily basis, whether they get electrocuted on power lines because you know, their homes are being invaded on by humans. Um, a lot of a lot of them get hit by cars and a lot of them even get attacked by just regular people's dogs. So um, they're constantly busy. They're constantly getting new um, animals in. It just it just really struck a chord for me watching it there. Um, you know, besides wrestling, what I've always wanted to do was some kind of uh, animal whether it was, I first wanted to be, uh, do marine biology and then I wanted to go for zoology and, you know, whatever, it just wasn't in the cards. Um, so, but this really resonated with me. So um, I'm, I'm getting I'm deep into this thing, you know, and then by the time it's over, I just happened to go on Google and I'm looking it up and come to find out that they have a volunteer program where you can go over there and um, you stay for a minimum of 30 days and essentially you live in the jungle and um and you you rehabilitate and release wild animals um and everything in between uh you know there's there's tours um on daily tours um so i said you know what that sounds that sounds like a once in a lifetime opportunity and it kind of seems like i i saw this for a reason and during this time of um you know, where no one kind of knew what was going on. Um, and we're still on, I guess, a day-to-day basis if you think about it, but at the time knowing that, and it kind of lined up. So, um, I reached out to WWN, which is my home promotion. And I just said, you know, being that we're kind of shut down and I explained everything to them and they said, go by all means go. So I got the blessing from them and, uh, yeah, so I had to, the next few days leading up to it. So I found a flight, I think it was six days later. So not even a week. And I got, I had to go find the special insurance because you had to have a special insurance to get into the country uh, that covers COVID. 
I was just about to ask, yeah, so, like, tell me a little bit more, because I know I've heard, like, horror stories from friends of mine who are in, like, you know, like, rock bands and shit going to, like, Russia, but I feel like, in some respects, like, travel during COVID is a whole different animal, right? So, like, how many different yeah. tests, how many different tests did you need before you were able to leave the country, and, like, what was that process like? Um, luckily, to get into the country, all you needed was uh, the special insurance um, I'm not sure how it is right now, but at the time you didn't even need um, the positive COVID test, which the rescue center did require along with a tuberculosis test because uh, the primates, since they're such closely related to us, they can pick up a lot of the diseases that we can carry. So, but yeah, it was surprisingly enough. Uh, you didn't need uh, a COVID test to get into the country, but to leave you did. Wow. So you can't, the U S needs to know before, I think it was 72 hours within within 72 hours. So um, but the insurance is what the uh, was this new thing, since at the time it was one of the only countries or one of the few countries that was starting to open up uh, back to tourists. And um, and so it was just for COVID and it was just for hospitalization and anything that goes along with that. So meals or um, or if they had to put you in a hotel to quarantine. So it was like an extra $2,000, but really, really affordable. Um, I did my research though, because I, I went on YouTube and I looked up a lot of videos of people that were traveling at the same time. And they said, just, they just kept reiterating, like, make sure it's, it's the correct one. Cause there's a bunch of different insurance and they knew people that got stranded at the airport without it and they wouldn't let them in. So, wow. Wow, so terrifying. that process. Yeah. So, and then getting the tuberculosis test, um, that was like my only hang up because when I got it, it was uh, the next two days were the weekend. So it wasn't a business day. I got it. So when I landed in Costa Rica, so I, I, I fly over there, I got my COVID test and everything and I get all the way. So you have to take a shuttle to the, to the coast. You know, you just land in the capital is uh, San Juan or San Jose. I'm sorry. And um, so it's a five hour bus ride still don't have the results and I don't have Wi-Fi either. So oh, man. I'm just like, my phone is useless at this point and I speak very little Spanish. So I'm like kind of a nervous wreck the whole way there. And, uh, I finally <laughs> I got imagine, there, man. I woke up the next morning, the day I was supposed to start volunteering yeah. and they gave me the Wi-Fi password. And the first notification that popped up was my test and the result. And oh. I was like, Thank God, Ooh. man. Yeah, <laughs> bullet dodge <laughs> on that one. I, can, yeah. I mean, Kai, that like it just sounds like everything kind of came together perfectly in a really like imperfect time. I know you mentioned that you were working for WWN, which is your home base, and and tell me a little bit more because I'm I'm always on the show like this this show kind of transitioned into a, like a fully virtual thing around the pandemic, right? Like we did a lot of shows together, and then all of a sudden everything stopped, and now we're doing things virtual, and we're trying to like figure out where we all fit together, you know. So I'm always curious mm -hmm. to, to find out people's stories about COVID and how things happened and and what what was going through people's minds when the the pandemic, uh, you know, on the early onsets of it. Was there ever a time where you were nervous about not going back to work? And what, what were your initial feelings about this before you found this opportunity to go to Costa Rica? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, Thank you, sir. Those are the kinds we have here on Foundation Radio. <laughs> well, it's usually like I'm already thinking of the answer before you stop <laughs> answering the question. But I was like, 
Damn, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, with me, I, I, I try my hardest to live in the moment. So I was trying not to think too, too much about it. But I, I think once this came, once this opportunity came about, it started making me think, well, you know, this is your other life dream. So, you know, let's say something did happen where let's say wrestling was just dead forever for everyone. And it never came back. You know, I didn't want to be attached to something like that. You know what I mean? So, um, that, yeah. So I guess that's where my head was, was, um, using this trip, not only as something I've always wanted to do, but to kind of clear my head and maybe even in some conscious subconsciously think about what's next possibly. So, yeah, great question. Thanks, man. I appreciate. It. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you're right, though. I think that's a, that's a that's a great. I'm answer. hoping I'm answering it good. Absolutely, enough, yeah. That's that's. Hey, so I man, there's no wrong answers here on the show. I promise. This is this is great <laughs> stuff. I mean, no, I, but but I agree, and it's a, it's a great answer too. I think it it really did force a lot of us to sort of take stock and take perspective. You know, I'm I'm 30. I was 34, I guess, when the pandemic started, and you know, I'm a latchkey kid. I'm from the generation we come home with the fucking keys around our necks, and I'm like this is great. Two yeah. weeks in quarantine. This is nothing. I spent. I didn't entire summer in the basement by myself you know fuck it i can do this you know and you find right. out really quickly how isolating it is even when you're with your family i'm with my wife and my kids but it's still really isolating to be by yourself and you know i worked in philadelphia at the time and i'm trying to figure out exactly what's next for me and do i want to do this with my life and you start to really like dig deep into your soul and it, it just it seemed like this is just an incredible opportunity that just like almost in a lot of ways manifested itself to you in 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 spite of and during this really tumultuous time. And I just, it's incredible that you were able to, to, to have this experience and go and do this at a time when things were so crazy. And I just, it's just an incredible story, but you're down. So you get your test results. Everything's good to go. You yes, get on the finally. flight. You, you're finally, everything's good to go. You're down and you're down there in Costa Rica. And then you take a bus ride over to San Jose or from uh, the capital city of San Jose. And you get to the Caribbean coast tell me what what happens next like what's the next steps after you actually finally get there yeah so finally um after my stress was all relieved i woke up in the morning and i i i hailed a tuk-tuk which is a little uh, motorized cart about two <laughs> kilometers down which is where the center actually was i just had had gotten an airbnb for the night before which was awesome by the way the bathroom yeah. didn't even have a, the shower didn't even have a roof on it it was just it was cool it was like you hear monkeys outside the wall and it was just, <laughs> it was cool hey you know what i had an experience like that last year uh, a tree fell through the uh, roof of my house so we didn't have a ceiling <laughs> so it's a completely different reason than you did but that yours sounds like a way better story so go ahead <laughs> yeah um so yeah so i i got a ride down there and then we had our, our orientation which is we all kind of sat down and introduced ourselves every Every Monday, I think they had a new group of people that would come in and, you know, were from all over the world. Um, I had one other American with me. He was from Las Vegas and everyone else was from around the world, um, Switzerland, France, Germany, everywhere. Um, so we got to do our tour, um, seeing where all the animals are and, you know, going through the clinic and, and seeing where where they keep the animals up there, maybe have surgery coming up or uh, um or their monthly checkups or stuff like that. So we got to kind of see the lay of the land, see the day-to-day -day process of everything. And then uh, the rest of the day, we kind of did whatever we wanted. And then the next day we jumped in and it's, uh, it's, it's tough work. You know, animals require a lot of care, but 
it's very rewarding, you know. Absolutely. It, it definitely seems like, it, again, it's just like an all around rewarding experience. Uh, one of the things I always I always think about when I even when I travel like abroad, you know, I think about how different the culture is in a lot of places. You know, even if you go to like I've heard about places like London, it's it's basically New York City just with a lot of rain. Right. You go anywhere. <laughs> domestic, yeah, you, know, you go anywhere domestically and it's like, OK, well, Philadelphia is Las Vegas. It's, it's Los Angeles, you know, but you're in a yeah. Caribbean country. You know, and you're talking about like their customs and, and different meals and, and things that they do. And what was how much of a culture shock did you experience when you got there? And, and conversely, how awesome was it to not be in America, you know, dealing with, <laughs> and, and, and experiencing an entirely new life, an entirely new lifestyle and, and culture? Yeah. Um, if, and firstly, I, I besides I went to Canada, you know, a few times as a kid, I grew up in Cleveland. So I went to Niagara Falls and Windsor and stuff like that. But this was my first time really ever using a passport, a physical passport and leaving the country. So um, so that part was um, a, an experience in itself. But to go to where I went, which I wasn't I didn't even know. I just knew about the animal center and stuff. I didn't even know the kind of city and village it was in. But it was right up my alley. You know, I'm, I'm a huge, I'm, 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 I love to, to learn about all different kinds of cultures, but I'm, I'm, I've always been drawn to um, Jamaican culture and the reggae culture and where I actually live was uh, in a, is in an African-American fishing community. And so, you know, you pedal down the street and you, you get some special juice, like freshly squeezed from a Rasta man. And, and it, it was just like it was everything that I think I always wanted to do besides wrestling. And it was like all coming true at the same time. Like I would I'd get up in the morning and I'd go down to a little cafe, with no shoes on. And, you know, it's right on the on the dirt floor and they'd make you coffee and you get a very healthy meal. You know, they don't they don't eat a whole lot over there. Like like we we overeat here in America. You know, I had to sometimes order three, four meals at a time because wow. it's just like the portions are smaller, but just getting up and like living that healthy lifestyle, natural, you know, literally picking your breakfast off the trees. And, you know, my front yard was the, was the ocean, which I'd never seen waves so big in my life. And then my backyard was the rainforest. So, so what drag, the experience man. of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I felt like I was at home, but I've never left the united states or you know like typical north america you know what i mean so you're, to, you're, to immerse myself in that was awesome you're in the home that you wanted to be in right it's the it's it's the it's the encapsulation of what you pictured your perfect life to be almost right like this just very relaxed yeah. uh environment that gives you everything that you want of course it's gonna feel like home absolutely like yeah like i love like I, i'm a very take you know i'm very laid back very like slow pace you know live in the moment and just chill and like it was just the perfect place you know every everyone's so nice you know there's just uh so much different everything's different you know people are working hard to do things that we have so easily over here you know but you never see anybody in a bad mood or anything it's like you know it's Puerto Vida, that's what they say. It's pure life. And they all live by that motto over there. Wow. It's, it's, it's beautiful. That's incredible. It's it really, it just, it sounds like 
it just sounds like paradise. It's really just incredible, incredible times. But you, so you, you end up getting involved with the, the animal rescue and then you are part of a release team that you release three monkeys. And I'm probably going to, I'm going to butcher this name, but it's a, it's a fair de Lance. Did I say that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah well, let's wrap land. it up, man. Yeah. We're good, Kai. Thanks a lot for coming. <laughs> now, uh, so it's it's so it's Central America's deadliest snake, right? And yes. and and a sloth. Tell me about yes. that experience and how that affected you. So that was an experience. It was a whole day that I'll never forget. Um, normally, the volunteers don't get to do things like that, you know, outside of working in the in the center and helping, you know, within you know the general area. But where we went was so far. I don't know how far we drove. When we drove through the mountains, we drove through rivers, like with the water up to here, you know, through villages. We went through a village where the uh, indigenous tribe still lives and they were wow. doing their laundry in the river and, and stuff like that. So it was just incredible. And then we just we finally we finally get there. And it's just this this land that just goes on and on forever. And it's uh it's a, it's a sanctuary, but it's a forest as well. And they have different things. They have different cabins and different uh, excursions you can do there. It's just a really, really big piece of land, basically. You can kind of, you know, they have a restaurant, everything. Um, so we went deep into that forest <clears throat> and um, we, we released them in different areas. So, you know, they wouldn't cross paths or anything like that. But um, it was it was something that I'll I'll remember for the rest of my life, you know, especially because the three weeks leading up into the release, um, you know, just getting to know those th- specific monkeys because they, they all have their own personalities. But these three were always in their own cage and they were never with the other ones. So, like, you kind of got to bond with them a little. So um, we didn't know what to expect. We. Honestly, we thought they were going to come right back to Encar, who's the owner, which she's the mother. You know, they all they all look at her like like the mother. And um, but sure enough, they went right up and it, it was so cool. Wow. It was right down in a little ravine and a river. And we released them right under a, a big almond tree. So it was awesome. That's amazing. And so like what what was what was the the biggest takeaway from you? I guess not even so much on like a like a a physical level, but maybe maybe more like emotionally or or even spiritually. What what, what was it that what was it that that experience did for you that made it such a, a, a like a life altering experience? Like what did it reaffirm for you as the, as an individual? Um that I'm so small. Uh, I'm such a small piece of, you know, everything. Like there's just the world is such a big place and it's such a beautiful place. So I think you said it right there spiritually, like it just, it just made me feel like that's what I should be doing. You know, I should be helping back the planet that if it wasn't for it, we wouldn't be here. So, um, and to have a connection like that with not only the animals, but the land itself and, and seeing the people that work there and have lived there their whole lives that, you know, the, the land is basically another family member to them. You know, they, they, when something bad happens, like they take it like a death in the family. So it's like, just to be, just to be a part of all that and and out there with the indigenous people and stuff like that, all that together just made me feel like, wow, you know, it's, it's, it's more, 
we're so disconnected it's not even funny like it's crazy yeah it's like when you like when you're you're out in the backyard right and you're you're staring up at the sky and you realize like the pale do the pale blue dot you know like we're just this tiny little segment in this massive cog of of uh, of of the universe and it's just to be able to go and experience something like that and reaffirm yourself is not just as the individual, but also as a, as an entity, as a being, right. And realize yeah. a, a part of your place in this, in this, whatever this is, you know, <laughs> like, like learning and yeah. having an experience. I mean, that's, that's, it's pretty wild stuff, man. It's definitely, it's definitely something that would be a huge change for me. Um, yeah. And I, and I think I needed that. Wise, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and right. That's what I was going to say. Like you, you, sometimes you need that realignment, right? Sometimes you yeah. need that realignment and that refocus because I know me, I mean, I, I work at an office all day. I'm a nine to fiver, you know, and I, I go to work and it's like all these little details in my life that just don't matter. And then you just, you, for a second, you get that, that brief glimpse of like, shit, I am like, none of this matters. Like it doesn't matter if this Excel sheet gets in tomorrow. Like it doesn't fucking it's matter. So like true. it's so, it's so minuscule. And so, you know, here I am doing the show and I take photographs and I do all of these things that reaffirm me as not just the individual, but the entity that whatever that is that exists inside of me, you know? And I feel yep. like that's the same thing for you having that experience and going to release these animals, especially when they didn't allow volunteers to do that. And, and you were part of a crew that was able to do that. That must've just been absolutely incredible. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, and, and just the, with the, with the whole thing with the culture too, it just made me also f- realize how little I need or we, that we probably all need, but like, how little we really do need. I mean, I spent hardly any money. You know, I, I was, I ate, you know, I showered, I worked, I did my, you know, I, I went to a village and they did my laundry for me every Wednesday and I picked it up and, you know, like it, it was just, it, it, it gave me almost like a glimpse of, um, you know, when wrestling's all done and, and stuff like that, all, all I want to do is nothing. but in a but in a productive way you know what i mean like i want to be free i want to be free to to do things like that you know to experience things like that because you know it's it's so funny like like you said like the nine to five thing i did that i did that like my whole life and it just you know it seems like we tried like we worked so hard and all we ever really probably want is like probably like that feeling that i had up there like just like maybe looking out at whatever you're paradise is a mountain with a lake or whatever like it's like man but that's free so like we killed ourselves our whole lives we could have just had that like why do we work so hard and get all these nice cars and big houses and stuff and that that's really all we wanted at the end and so it made me realize that too so like i'm a lot less attached and i'm uh a lot more grateful and i'm a lot more satisfied with less if that makes sense. Absolutely, Kai. It, it makes complete sense. And the old, the older I get, the the less I am. You know, I mean, I have all this shit all over that I worked so hard for. You know, but like at the end of the day, I, I'm not taking any of this with me when I go. It's just going to be me exactly. by myself, and that's going to be the end of it. So, I am, yep. I am more inclined to want to experience my life and experience things in a way that's going to allow me to remember them long term. Right. 
going to put my feet into the Pacific Ocean, going to New York City at Christmas time and seeing the trees, you know, and like experiencing yeah. life and grabbing it by the fucking neck. You know, I mean, I'm literally here. I, I've had this conversation with multiple people recently when I think about people who, you know, they they uh, the, the, that's that line from a Bronx tale. The saddest thing in life is wasted talent. Right. We both, I'm sure, know folks who have incredible talents, but don't do anything. And I think I sit there I'm like, fuck, man, we're literally here for like a second in cosmic time and this is what you're choosing to do with your life like why would you why would anyone ever want to make that choice so when i when people talk to me about their experiences and when you told me that this is what you wanted to talk about i was like fuck yeah dude like let's do it man (laughs) like 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 people should hear this and be inspired to want to there's more to life right right, exactly i mean i love wrestling but like sure yeah it's so little like it's so little there's I'm so little. I'm so irrelevant, you know. <laughs> I'm, I am. I am less relevant than you, sir. But like, it's just. It's like when you think about things. You I watch on Twitter all day long. All this toxic bullshit about oh AEW and WWE and all this crap. It's like, guys, you're wasting your fucking time screaming at each other. Like, I deleted you, it. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm like, just yeah. enjoy what you like. Unfortunately, I wish I could, but I got to be on there to promote the show, of course. Which you yeah, can find no, all of our I episodes in the archive at FoundationRadio.net. But no, we. Uh, it's like you know, you you <laughs> like. Everyone is so fucking busy just trying to be right. And no one is taking them 10 minutes to just relax and just enjoy and experience and live and breathe. And it's just like, man, I don't understand. I just don't, I don't get it. It's man. all, yeah, it's all like everything we need is like already here, like in us or around us. So, like, I'm like really into big into meditation and stuff. So, when I start feeling like I'm having anxiety, thinking about the future or depression, thinking about the past. Like I just think about now and just how, how grateful it is. Because you said like, we've been here. If if the earth has been here for a whole day, we've only been here for probably like what, probably like six seconds, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know know what I mean? Just 10 seconds, man. Just 10 seconds here. Yeah. And look at all the destruction we've caused in 10 seconds. It's insane. (laughs) So you're down here and you're, you're living this incredible moment in your life and you're doing all of these amazing things that you've wanted to do forever. And then you get a call or an email from the WWE to come up and, and partake in WrestleMania 37, which is just, I mean, right. Like you have to go do that. Right. So crazy. What was what, so tell me about what you did, like what, how that started and then what you did and then what that experience. Yeah. I mean, cause it's just like at a certain point, you're just like, man, I'm just killing it right now. You know? Like I'm just I'm just stacking up the wins right now. So tell me tell me more about about WrestleMania 37. Yeah, so it was crazy. Um, originally, you have to do at least 30 days in this in the volunteer program. So I'm there, you know, at least until I think the end of April. Yeah, the end of April. So I get this email. All of a sudden, I'm just eating lunch, and you know, I only have the internet for a little bit of the day. So I happen to get this email. And yeah, I was invited to do uh, extra work at WrestleMania, and I, it was a dream come true. You know, that's the one thing that we all dream of as kids. You know, growing up watching wrestling. So um, I was ecstatic, and luckily, um, before I left, I I got my blood work and my physical done and everything. So just in case, because it's good on file for six months, so I was able to go back. So I left. I left the jungle. Took a five-hour bus ride back. <laughs> Jumped on a plane, flew back to Tampa, where my brother lives, because uh, he was an extra two. Wow. So we go, we get our finest suits on, you know, we get all dressed 
dress nice and, and go go to WrestleMania. And we ended up being uh, in the Bad Bunny match. You know, we were dressed as the, the bunnies. No that shit. Hopped, that hopped down to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> so it was wild, man. And, yeah. and it was the first time having like a big crowd like that again. You know, it was 30,000, I believe, on night one. Yeah. So um, to be standing in the middle of the ring dancing behind the Miz and Morrison, and I was just thinking in my head, I was like, this is insane. I was like, I was literally just trekking through the jungle like a couple of days ago. And now I'm here and I'm looking around and it's just the most craziest view ever. You know, it's like, yeah. the, it's like, it's like uh, Costa Rica, but in its own unique way, it's uh, beautiful, you know? Wow, I <laughs> so can, I'm just yeah. sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm like, this is insane. Like where I just came from. And uh, so I left all, I left all, all my luggage in Costa Rica, everything. I was like, you know what? It's going to be an easy trip. So no, you know, just walk in and walk out the yeah. airport. You know? Yeah, you don't so, need to check um, anything. Just, just fucking show up in your clothes, leave it with your brother, and then be back, you know? Right, right. Always have a book bag ready, you know? You got to... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, man. Save that shit. Save that check bag shit. Just take. I literally the same way. Every time I go anywhere, I just pack all of my crap into my camera bag, and it's like whatever, whatever I need to get while I'm there, I'll dispose of before I leave, and that's it. You You're know? better off, exactly. Like even going to a Goodwill store. I mean, like yeah, just, yeah, it's cheaper, man. I'll, I mean, if I'll redonate I'm, it when I leave. Yeah, you know? like I'm only I'm only going for a couple of days. Anyways, a couple of days stretch. Like uh, you know, different if I'm going for a week, but. So what yeah. was that? So what was that experience like? I mean, did you did so you're backstage and like what's the atmosphere like at 37 like night one? I mean that and especially something as as massive as Bad Bunny. I mean that match was was unbelievable, you know. And and here you are it was as, a, crazy. As, a, as a part of it. Like what was the atmosphere like while you're there before you're getting ready to go out? Well, you know, like on the WWE Network, and they always have you know the the day of you know WrestleMania every year. And you, yeah. And you, you always see like, oh, how cool that, like how cool the rehearsals and all that stuff looks. So being a part of that, I think, was one of the coolest things because I'll never forget. We didn't even know what we were doing until we got there. And they just said, you know, go down to wardrobe and pick up your costume. That could mean anything. You know, I've <laughs> I've been lots of I've been lots of different things on Raw and SmackDown. I was like, it could be it could have been anything. So, yeah. So we go down there, we come back and we're going to go do a practice run. So we're going through the tunnel that leads up to gorilla and we had to stop and form a line right before you hook the corner to go out, you know, and who's standing there right there. So I walk up and I stand, I'm the first one standing there. I look up and it's Vincent triple H Wow. and, and Hogan. So they're just having a little powwow. And I'm, I just look at my brother. I'm like, this is insane. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like crazy, man. You're like literally standing yeah. in front of like three of the biggest wrestling folks of all time. I mean, it's just not right. It was crazy. So like, and then, uh, so then we got to do our rehearsals. So we, uh, we hopped, I think it's, I think that's a ravage do hop, right? Yeah. Jump. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> whatever they do was, hop. Yeah. Whatever, whatever the hell we were doing. I don't know if you want to call that <laughs> hopping. I don't know if it was so graceful or not, but <laughs> <laughs> but um so we got to do that uh we got to do the rehearsals we ran through that a few times and then you know got got to get some catering which uh is always world-class food but I, so especially on this day <laughs> i was gonna say let's talk about wrestlemania catering for a second because because uh i need to know what that's like like what what's the spread i mean i've heard it's it's absolutely incredible on most days but like what is catering like at wrestlemania while you're in in the back I couldn't close my box all the way, which was fine because 
the table was close, but wow. I started off with prime rib, chicken breast, shrimp, and fish. I just said, give me all the meats you have because they were all like in a row. In stations, yeah. And then I think there was like some gourmet mac and cheese and oh man, wow. the cookies were like like melting in your hand. It, wow, it, it was man. glorious. Yeah, it was it. <laughs> I always I always look forward to the catering, but I, I had a feeling that it was going to be above and beyond that day because, you know, the legends were all in there. And, right. You know, Jake yeah. Paul and everyone that was part of the show was in there eating. So, you know, you know, it's going to be good food. So That's so crazy. here I am, little old me in the corner, me and my brother, you know, <laughs> chowing down because we knew we had to dress up like bunnies. No one would see. So we didn't have to worry about eating carbs or anything. You I would, yeah. You just don't have to worry about all. the way you look. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> that's, that's incredible. I'm, I'm extremely jealous and I'll hope to next time you get to go, just like snag me a plate and I'll pay, pay, pay to send it out. Right. But, uh, <laughs> so I guess like the one question I have for this before we get back to Costa Rica is like, um, tell me more about the, the, tell me about, oh, shit, I just lost it. Hold on one second. One of my kids did a running in the back too. Um, <laughs> what was my question? Fuck. I hate when this happens. This is great stuff, guys. This is great stuff. Um, so you're at WrestleMania and you're coming back from Costa Rica and you're doing all this amazing stuff down there and then you come up and do WrestleMania. But, but I guess my question really boils down to like, I hear a lot of things about guys who have nerves before they walk down the ramp, right? They're, 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 they're nervous. They're worked up. They're, you know, they have all these things going on in their brain and everything that's happening. What was going through your mind as you were hopping down the ramp towards the ring? Like, I mean, I'm sure there was a, there was an element of like, holy fuck, I'm at WrestleMania, right? Like this is insane. It, it, it incredible. Um, the first thought was don't fall. Don't take the tumble down this long ass ramp because I know who's sitting at the top of it waiting if you, if you do. So um, between like making sure you're hopping good enough, I guess, and uh, trying to glance. Cause you know, like the WrestleMania ramps extra long. So you got fans from like all the way down the ramp. And then once you get to the ring, they're you know all around you. So just trying to like, look at all that, worry about not falling and getting a perfect hop and um, soaking in the moment between all that it was just it was an incredible experience and just even just getting in the ring you know because it would have been one thing to be you know like a security guard in the back or something or you're in a, a something like that but like to actually touch the ring and climb into the wrestlemania ring is something that no one can ever take away from me so like it it, it was incredible it was it was it was something else. I, I did a lot of stuff there when it was just the TV screens. So to see actual people out there this time was was insane. So and my head didn't fall off or my ears. That is, I feel like the most important part. You didn't have a, Mandy a lot Rose of people moment. lost an ear. You didn't yeah, have, you didn't have a Manny Rose moment. You didn't have you didn't lose any any of your gimmick. So that's impressive, Kai. I think you should take that one to the bank right away. But for sure, it's just, it's just wild, man. Like I'm I'm listening to these stories and I'm and I'm and you know you're in Costa Rica and you're you're at WrestleMania. You're doing all these things with your life in spite of this insane pandemic. You know this this upside down world that we live in right now that that doesn't feel safe and doesn't feel secure and nothing feels right about it. How grateful do you feel 
when you stop and sort of take stock, I mean, obviously, you know, you leave you leave Jacksonville and you go back to Costa Rica and you're, you're finishing up your, your time down there. Do you ever just take a second to stop and think about like, holy shit, like, look at what I'm doing. Like, this is how lucky am I, you know, or, or like what what's what what's the, the thoughts of gratitude that are in your mind? And, and what are your you know perceptions as you're thinking about these things and reflecting? Um, yeah, I'm very grateful. Um, I, I keep a, I keep a gratitude journal actually. And I, I would say the thing that I was most grateful for, uh, and I wrote a lot of this down while I was there because I wanted to, it's very easy to, to just see it and maybe you don't remember it fully or, you know, things like that, but it really wasn't like, as far as like, how lucky am I? I'm grateful for being tapped into i'm trying to word this right being tapped like being aware enough to know that you know you know the situation doesn't have to be perfect you don't have to be rich you don't have to like the all the coolest things i've done and i have stories that are way cooler than this from you know my life and it's just about like just doing it i'm like what's the worst that can happen you know you die yeah. Is that even that bad? I mean, it depends. It's a contextually, <laughs> sure it's awesome. contextually, it might be. I don't know. It depends on what you have going on. But no, yeah, I mean, for whoever's I, left behind, not for you, bro. Yeah, I mean, because you're fucking dead. So like, like, it doesn't matter to you, you know? Yeah. So I just always, you know, but I know, but I do at the same time, I know a lot of people that just aren't like that or they'll, they'll be like, oh, it must be nice or, you know, um, stuff like that. And it's like, oh, like I, I worked hard. I saved my money and, you know, it took me 34 years to start chasing my dream. You know, that's why I, 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 I applaud a lot of these, these young guys and girls that are wrestling nowadays that are 20, 21, 22. I'm 36 now. If I would have started chasing my dream when I was 20, I'd probably be retired and living on that mountain in Costa Rica already. But, you know, don't be like me. Don't wait 34 years to start chasing your dream. So that's the one thing I could say is I wasn't like, I didn't feel lucky. I felt grateful that i had that awareness to know because i don't know where i got it from because it's not a, it's not a passed down from generation thing i'm just i'm like the only one like this in my family so i'm like <laughs> <laughs> it's um and i guess i guess maybe that's the wrong way to put it i i, I guess when i say like wow how lucky am i because i i don't necessarily believe in luck i think i think everything and even with what i do like i don't believe in luck i believe that that my talent and my ability to do things and make things happen gets me to where I am, right? I never believe, like, I never look at something and I'm like, oh, man, dude, I wish I was at WrestleMania with Kai. I'm thinking, dude, that is amazing. Like, I am so excited for you that you were able to accomplish this. And not just that, but, like, that you were able to take this idea, this vision that you had while you're stuck in the pandemic, and you're able to make something happen from it, like, really on your own. Like, I'm I'm always just so excited for people when they tell me, like, that they're living their dreams and they're doing their things that they want to do. And it just, it inspires me to be a better person and to move harder and to work a little bit harder to make sure that I get what I want. So... I am yeah. great. I am grateful to you for coming on the show and telling me about this story because it, it, it empowers me and makes me feel grateful for my wins. You know, everything is a win. It doesn't matter how well, it, is, I appreciate it falls it. apart. You know, it, it's always, a I win. appreciate you having me on the show because I can tell like you're like the same like-minded people, you know, it's, it, you're, you're of the same mind as me. It's like life's short, especially the pandemic tells us anything is that life's short and it's not guaranteed tomorrow. So, you know, that's another reason I was like, you know what? 
why not go? Because if not, you know, what if? What know, I don't want to ever have that. What if? Right. You know? I, I never want to live in. I never want to live in a reality where I I didn't try my hardest or my damnedest to get something done that I wanted to get done. I've spent. You know, I'm 36 as well, and I've I've spent many years hiding and not pursuing what I want, even though I have the talent and the ability to do it. I've never gone for it and now i'm going for it and things are rewarding me and the world is rewarding me the universe is rewarding exactly me. And, it's, and it's something you're passionate about so you're gonna be good it's gonna be a good product because it's right. not it's not punching someone else's clock like this is your baby you know right, what i mean right so. and, that's, and that's the thing too it's it's the same thing with you like you went out and you did what you wanted to do and and i i feel like if more of us did things like that maybe the world would be a better place. Maybe a lot more people would be happy and a lot more people would be fulfilled to the point where they didn't feel the need to do a lot of the things that they do. But I guess to sum all this up, you know, you, so tell me, actually, there's a, there's another story that I was reading here about this. You were talking, you were talking about a thunderstorm that happened, uh, that mm. fell onto, there was a giant tree that fell onto a pig enclosure. Tell me, tell me a little bit mm. more about that story. And then about the, the mother tree that fell down. Yeah, so it was we were having a real bad storm one night and uh just outside just chilling hanging out listening to the the jungle the, the jungle soundtrack that was live there every night which was awesome. Um you know, I'm just soaking it all in one evening after work and I just it was so weird. I just happened to be looking up in the direction of the tree line. So, you know, it's it was dark but it wasn't dark dark. So you could still see the tree line. And all of a sudden, I just see this tree moving. I go, and I'm, this, it feels like it took forever, but it was so quick. I'm like, no, that's not. And then, sure enough, ba-boom, like the loudest noise ever. And it, it sounded like lightning hit, like, right next to my feet. You know what oh, I mean? Man. So, So this tree falls. So I go running. And then by the time I get, because I was, like, back in the jungle a little bit, so by the time I got like up to where the hostel is, where we lived, and everyone was already outside, and it was insane. It, it, yeah, it landed right on the uh, the wild pig enclosure, oh, man. and luckily no animals were hurt. Uh, they weren't they weren't in that area because we had a couple uh, white-tailed deer that we kept there too. And but man, did that make for a uh, a long day of cleanup the next day? You know. <laughs> I can imagine, man. That must have been awful. Roll the sleeves up, yeah. Get the get the big rubber boots on and the and the chainsaws, and we put in some work today. And uh, yeah, we got it all cleaned out of there. Like I said, no animals were hurt. We got to uh, recycle the wood, you know, use it for other other things. And uh, so yeah, that that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool like emergency project we had yeah. there. So and how, uh, how much longer after after? this incident did you like what what was the end of your trip like like how to, to walk me through the end of the trip how did what were your experiences what were your emotions as you were getting ready to wrap up you you were there for three months you said right uh two, two i was okay. there for four weeks then i went to wrestlemania and then i went back for four okay just under four i think like like yeah basically yeah. four months or two months um so i think just a lot of um I don't know. Like I said, I always go back to like how I live in the moment. So I don't think it really started hitting me till like super late, you know, even though I was already packed and, you know, I was already ready for the night before. But um, I think when, uh, when the taxi picked me up in the morning, that's when it kind of hit me. And 
I just got like super bummed, you know, but, but, you know, but also like the old me would have been like super depressed and stuff and like, Oh man, like I want to do this or I want to come back here and like live here one day or something like that. But I left feeling motivated. Like, you know what I mean? That there's so many, there's so many Americans that, that permanently live there now, you know, and it's, it's just such an accepting community. So I know one day, you know, like I just want to grow old there pretty much. It's yeah. a, it's a giant surf town. And I just want to have like long white dreadlocks and sit on the beach and eat mangoes all day, you know? So, so it got, it gave me that um, motivation and to, to chase my dreams now, but also to be grateful for the experience I had. And, you know, luckily I have photos and videos I can look back on. And, you know, and, and just the people, some of the people that I met, you know, I'm still in touch with. So now I have friends all around the world. So, you know, so much more, so much more came from a random episode on Netflix, you know? So like, I have amazing. all these experiences, all these new people in my life around the world. And, and I always have a home in Costa Rica now. So that's beautiful. If you could sum up your experiences in one word, Kai, what would it be? Um, I would say, um, like I said before, just knowing, like knowing our place on the planet and knowing that we could be doing so much more to help it instead of, uh, you know, tearing it down. You know, we just, I think we just have to be more connected to where we came from. We're so far removed from how the indigenous people live, not saying that's how we should live, but I mean, you know, they didn't have depression and anxiety and cancer and all these things back then. You know what I mean? We we're kind of we're kind of killing ourselves slowly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And taking the planet along with us, which is not fair, you know? Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, it just made me a little more eco conscious, I think I'd say. I'm not that I wasn't already, but I think that, you know, drove it home a little more. Kicked it in overdrive. Mm -hmm. well, and the appreciation for other people, you know, like, cause we're all the same, even though we speak different languages or we, we, we do things differently. Like, you know, at the end of the day, everyone, everyone's awesome. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, Kai, it's, um, I, I'm really, like I said, I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming by the show today to talk about this story, but this is a wrestling podcast and I would be remiss not to hit you with the rapid fire questions that I hit everybody else with that comes on the show. So let's do before it I, before I let you leave and plug all of your socials and every fun project you have coming up. I got a set of rapid fire questions. I'm going to ask you. So your favorite all time wrestling match. Um, I would have to, off the top of my head, I would go Brett and Owen uh, WrestleMania 10 or the ladder match because that was like the first pay-per-view that really stood out to me. But yeah, that Brett and Owen match was amazing. I watch that all the time still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's one of my that's one of my go-tos when I want to watch. It's it's it it stands the test of time. I feel like in some oh, ways yeah. it's, it's evergreen, you know, it's just always gonna be good no matter what. Yeah. Your, your favorite WrestleMania? I would say 10 as a fan and 33 because when I, I stopped watching wrestling in about 2001-ish, when I, I wrestled on the independence when I was really super young, 16, 17 years old. So once I got into like my senior year of high school, I kind of got out of it. And my buddy took me to WrestleMania 33. So that was my reintroduction back into wrestling again. So I'd say 10 as a fan or 10 as a, as a watch on TV and 33 as a 
in person. And then of course, 37 will always be special because I was on it, but right. I think I wouldn't have been on it if I didn't go to 33, I think. So, right. You, you know. uh, the worst match that you have ever seen. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> there's too many to count, right? There's For every good many, one, there's like yeah. every good one. There's like three bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can't, I got to pass on that one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite wrestling angle. Ooh. I would say as a um, young, impressionable child, I would have to go with the WCW invasion, the DX invasion. That'll that always be gold to me. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> I, never, I never forget, like, getting dinner ready, like, hurry up, like, run down, like, get the TV tray <laughs> set up, you know? And, and I, oh, you're speaking my language, forget. man. You're speaking yeah, my language dude. right now. We're the, <laughs> we're we're the same, same age. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I remember we used to have that. We had, we were, like, kind of bougie a little bit. Like, and by bougie, I mean we had, like, a fancy TV, which is, like, the only fancy thing we had. And we had picture in picture in this one TV. So we would put raw on and then on the same bottom part, Ooh. we would put nitro on and man, that's your, you know, we'd have the two concurrent TVs running in different rooms. You know, we would go, one of us would be in the basement watching nitro and the other one would be watching fucking raw, you know, like I just like jumping back and forth, but yeah, you were yeah, ahead dude. of the game, man. Hey, you man hey, look, they, they spent money on TVs <laughs> and nothing else. So at least I had something to remember, right? Yeah. Um, the biggest missed opportunity in professional wrestling history. Hmm. Yeah, it's always stumps everybody. I'd say maybe either Goldust never winning the title or yeah, I'd go with Goldust. Interesting. you know, yeah. in any I mean, form, way, shape, or form, yeah. Just, it, the, just the longevity he had, I feel like that would uh, – he should have had – I think he should have at least held it at least once. That's an but. interesting That's an interesting take, though, because I feel like Goldust was so over. And maybe – Exactly. I, I, mean, I, I feel like Goldust was over in a way that was unique, you know, because he had that Marilyn Manson um, – he had that Marilyn Manson feel where it's like you never really knew – what he was going to do next, right? It was that like yeah. that, that lightning in a bottle kind of thing. Fuck, man, I've never thought about and, it that way. Yeah, and Goldust during that the, time, yeah, yeah, during the same time, running concurrently. That with era, Manson. yeah. yeah. Like, Fuck, man, yeah, Gold. I should have won the fucking title. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> fact, I'm gonna think about this for a while, man. Shit, how much cool. He could have done so much cool stuff with oh, it. Like, man. Like, made the gold uh, strap and shit. Yeah, dude, that yeah. would have been incredible. He would have got bizarre with it, I'm oh, sure. And it would have been fantastic, <laughs> too. Yeah. Um, WCW, and we're talking like at the at the height of the NWO, pre-Vince Russo, or ECW? Um, Wow. I think it would be... I think I'd go with ECW just because going back to the Manson thing, like that whole era. And I talk about this all the time with like my brother and stuff. I'm like, if you think about that era was, that's like when South park came out, DX was telling people to suck it. You know, it was like (laughs) be out edgy. Surge was out. People just chugging surge and having backyard wrestling matches and stuff. It was a different world and I loved it. And it was awesome. And I'm glad I got to be a preteen to teenager during those 
you know, that 97, 98, 99, but I'd say ECW. Yeah. Because man, how cool was that? Honest to God. I was just thinking that how, how lucky I feel. And, and this is definitely something to feel lucky for, but like how lucky I felt to like grow up at a time like that, you know, because you're right. Everything was so edgy. Everything was so like, fuck the world kind of ways. You know what I mean? It was like this very bizarre sort of change in time and, uh, I just tension all the time, you know, every oh week God, in yeah. for doing something like WWE. Related. I can't tell you how many times I, I would wear that degeneration X t-shirt to fucking middle school. And I'd be told to turn it around and you'd hit him with a crotch chop and you're like, all right, three Saturdays, oh. here we go. You know, whatever. Dude, so many kids. Yeah. So many kids got hurt. <laughs> yeah, like, dude. Dude, it was like crazy. Man. In the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess um, you, I guess you already answered my question though, but the NWO or DX. DX for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And final question for you, Kai. Sting and The Undertaker finally wrestle. They're in their prime. Who goes over? Undertaker. That's the only answer. Yeah. That's the only answer. Oh, yeah. Kai, Kai Douglas, thank you so much for coming by Foundation Radio. I'm glad we were finally able to link up and do the show. I'm very excited to share this story with the world. Where can people find you, man? Yeah, thank you, uh, by the way, for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, it's it's nice to, to talk about something else, you know. Yeah. So, and like I said before, like you're a like-minded guy, so I'm glad we got to have this talk. Me but, too, um, Me too. But yeah, just uh, pretty much, uh, I'm on I'm on Twitter, but I'm pretty much only on Instagram. But it's Kai Douglas WWN, and it's the same on Twitter. Awesome, so. man. Any uh, any fun stuff coming up soon with WWN? You guys are back in business now. You guys are back in front of live crowds and everything. What do you guys got uh, down on the yeah. pipeline? This Sunday we have uh, FIP is coming back, and we have uh, a lot of big names that are going to be on the show. We got JD Drake. We have our champion John Davis. Um, Anthony Green's coming back, uh, so that's going to be a big one. And then um, Shine Wrestling, which is the, our all women's brand, is the following month. And we have uh, Allison K is going to be taking on Eva Lee's in a steel cage match. Wow! So that'll be one to watch. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. When, uh, where can we, where can we check this out? Uh, WWNlive.com or on Fight TV. Um, the Shine is on September nineteenth, and uh, like I said, FIP is this Sunday, the 29th. Awesome. So we've got a lot of stuff coming up. Awesome, I'm excited. Man. Well, Kai Douglas, new location I'm a- too. Where are you guys going to be? New location wise. We're in Clearwater now, so we're going to be at the OCC uh, Roadhouse. It's a it's a big uh, Orange Choppers Club, so it's going to be cool. We'll have some bikers out there, have some good food, drinks, and it's a big venue. So, That's awesome. looking forward to it. Check That's us awesome. out. Absolutely, we'll check it out, and I'll I'll make sure I share the links inside of the show notes. Kai Douglas, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate this. this is a great conversation, and I hope to uh, thank have you, you back on the, Hope to have you back on the show soon. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for another adventure and I'll and I'll I'll rendezvous with you after. Uh, please do, man. <laughs> please, I I would love to hear your. I I can't wait to hear your next story, man. And your next where your next travel takes you, man. I'm excited for you. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me again. I really do appreciate it. Oh, uh, and you can uh, you can go uh, you can check out the Jaguar Rescue Center also um, if you want to check out what they do, uh, their mission, the projects they have coming up, the animals they have currently in their care. Or if you wanted to donate any any of the uh, supplies that they need that it's really hard to get over there, um, you can check them out. It's called the Jaguar Rescue Center, and you can check them out on all the socials on you know check out their website and all that good stuff. So great awesome. people doing yeah. awesome things. It sounds like it. I'll make sure I link everything in the show notes for people who want to check them out. And if you want to go volunteer, you can definitely check it out. How to do that? And I'm yep. uh, I'm excited, man. Kai Douglas, thanks again. 
Thanks you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Foundation Radio is hosted, recorded, and executive produced by Adam Barnard. The show is also produced by Sam Kreps. Special thanks to Greg Mead, Joe Keen, Jeff Quinn, and Dr. Ruth Almy. Our intro and outro music is produced by Dumb Ugly. Find this episode and our full archive at foundationradio.net. Follow us on Instagram at foundation underscore radio. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. This has been a Foundation Radio production. Butts Carlton, proprietor. Butts Carlton, proprietor.